Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. So far, we have committed to the process, we have gotten ourselves into integrity, and now it's time to get clear with step three of Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power. Here we go. Hi, I'm Jay Pryor, life coach, speaker, and author of Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power, a practical guide to transformation. My definition of transformation is chipping away at everything that is not your highest, best self. In our podcast, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca, we take on personal transformation to have you show up powerfully in your life and business. And I'm Becca Booth, marketing strategist focusing on strategy, sales, and social, and I'm the guinea pig. So I'm the one doing the work right along with Jay, and I'm the fresh face to it. So I'm still new at all of this stuff and learning along the way. So I'm ready to learn along with you. Listen to our podcast, and we know our commitment to you is that we leave you inspired, lifted up, and no matter what, knowing that you're on the right path as long as you're willing to take progress, not perfection, to create your life exactly the way you want it. All right, so here we go. So today we're going to talk step three, right? Yes. What to, uh, getting clear about what you want, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited about this one because this was one of the ones that really opened up the work to me, I think. Um, the other, the first two steps were um, a lot of hard work, but... Um, things that I had and, and digging deep, you know, but this one was when it sort of like the world became possible, yeah. you know, like the, my eyes were open to possibility mm-hmm. in a whole different way. Yeah. So I am super excited about talking about this one. So lead us through this beginning step. So we've, we've made the commitment yep. and we are, um, we got went through the happiness and productivity workout and you got um you know to kind of decided on where you were in the world mm-hmm. um and now we're gonna get clear yeah so well and step two you know so all along you're you've committed to this personal path of progress not perfection and then step two year is an ongoing forever step of just whatever comes up cleaning it out getting curious doing the work to uncover anything that's in the way of your happiness and also integrity, cleaning stuff out, cleaning your car out, cleaning, always decluttering. You know, there's a, there's a book that uh, some friends of mine are reading right now called get rich, lucky bitch by Denise. Yes. Thomas, Duffield Thomas. Love right. It. So her very okay. first step in manifesting is declutter. Yes. And she says like declutter, get clear about what you want. Think positive, take inspired action. And go back to step one, declutter. You know what I mean? So that's why <laughs> step two is forever ending, never ending. You always yeah. should be decluttering. Yeah. You should always be cleaning out your own personal stuff within you, within your body, but also within your house, within your car, within your checkbook, within your, you know, it's just an ongoing forever process of constantly decluttering and moving that energy is the whole point. And then, yeah, uh, step three is getting clear about what you want and asking for it. So let's talk about getting clear about what you want first. Um, I like to tell this story. It's in the book, and it's one of my favorite stories to tell, about when I was living in Washington, D.C. I was actually living in Arlington, Virginia at the time. I was married to 
Jessica, love of my life, best friend. I had a lot of great friends. I still do, but you know, out there, I was a lot of these great friends. I loved living out there. I just there wasn't anything in my life that I didn't love except for my job. And I was in the furniture industry, and I enjoyed that company. It was a great company. There were so many great things about the company. I mean, there was even my work. There was very little to complain about. I worked for these really great women who had this philosophy that I've rarely seen in business, but really works, which is, I mean, almost complete autonomy with their employees. They hired people who knew how to manage themselves, and we worked in teams. And so if you fell down on the job, the team, you, it, everybody knew about it. I mean, the team, because you're, it would fall down. <laughs> like, it was so right. business <laughs> that if you didn't do your job, then the job didn't get done, and other people were waiting on stuff from you, and they did not tolerate that. So if you were not good at it and you could not keep up, they would just fire you. And I've never, I've, so I've, and when I talk to women in business, one of the things and other mentors I have in business, my favorite ones are the ones that are slow to hire, quick to fire. And it's like really vetting people to make sure you get the right people. And then when they don't work, if they're not going to work out, get the hell, get them out, <laughs> get rid of them. Right. And I loved that philosophy. Yeah. And I still think it's a smart philosophy. And these women were like that. And they didn't care necessarily. I mean, they didn't want you to be, you know, obviously you couldn't come in at noon. But I mean, if you were pref would prefer a seven to three schedule, they didn't care. If you wanted to work eight to five, 10 to six, I mean, their thing was get your shit done, right? <laughs> and yeah. business was, I mean, we were doing multi-million dollar furniture installations. So I'm talking a lot of money on the line, a lot of high-end clients. I mean, we just, it was a great place to work like that. I learned so much and I loved the office pavilion and my principals, uh, Gail Finkelstein and, uh, and no oh God, I'm just going to go blank now. Damn it. Um, oh, Linda Foucault. Thank <laughs> you. God bless Linda Foucault. Um, so I love these women and they taught me so much. Um, but I, I mm -hmm. at the time I was also doing a lot of personal development work. I was coaching for another organization that I was doing personal transformational work with. And I had this complaint about my job because I was, had to deal with things like if somebody had a scratch on their desk, I had to deal with it. If somebody, their desk came in the wrong color or a piece of it the wrong color, I had to deal with it. It was like that kind of minutia shit that I just, I hated. So one day, yeah. I was walking with one of my coaches and I was complaining about my job. And she said to me, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, she said, Jay Pryor, for a powerful a person as you are, it is ridiculous that you have that complaint. Either do something about mm. it or shut your mouth. I love that. And I was like, and I just looked, I was shocked. I just looked at her, and then I said, well, if I knew what I wanted to do, I would do it. And she looked right back at me just as fast and said, you need to give that up. And I was like, give up that I don't know what I want to do. And then boom, that was it right there. I mean, that was like thunderclap in my head. I was like, wow, I do need to do that. <laughs> like, I just yeah. got it. I just got, wow, I have been affirming and even back then I didn't even know I was affirming because I wasn't in that language yet I wasn't in the mm -hmm. world of affirmations really um, but I had been affirming I don't know what I want for so long that that was my real truth like there was just nothing that showed up for me that was anything I wanted to do and so in that moment I had this sort of revelation because revelations come to me kind of slow <laughs> so I have a moment yeah. where I go oh oh I'm starting to see something but then I always have attitude so I'm like oh yeah fine I'll just give up that I don't know what I want to do so I'm like fine I'll give up that I don't want don't know what I want to do and I'll say I do know what I want to do and I just haven't told myself yet 
and I'm being kind of cocky, but long story short, that ended up really working out, right? So what I did yeah. was I stopped saying the words, I don't know what I want around the area of career. And in general, I tried to take that out of my vocabulary, but I got very rigorous with myself. And the one thing I'm grateful for myself around, or one of my strengths is I'm very coachable. And once I see something that works, man, or get a hint that it's going to work, I'm rigorous about doing it. So I was rigorous about eliminating the words, I don't know what I want from that area of my life. So every time I would think about career, think about what I wanted to do with my life, I would say, and I start to say, because again, what I, I don't know what I want was a habit for me. It was right. a, and I talk about this in the book, and we talk about a lot where there's a sentence that you speak, that you catch yourself speaking, and it becomes a jail sentence. Like you are sentenced to something. And I was sentenced to, I don't know what I want. Like it was, it could have been that way for a long time. And so I stopped saying, I don't know what I want, but it would still come out of my mouth. So it would be like, I don't know what I want, and I'd stop. Nope, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, what I want is on its way. And then I'd catch it midway through. I'd be, I didn't, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to say what I want is on its way. Well, I'm, I'm not kidding about this, that just giving that up, almost within by that afternoon, I started to think about things that I, di that I didn't like, but that were examples of things I did want. So... You know, in the beginning of me listening to, starting to listen to Abraham back in 2002, this was one of the first messages from Abraham was, if you know what you don't want, you know what you want. And so I started to think about that and got, well, I know I don't want to work in furniture. So that means I do know that I want to work with people. I had that, I was very clear about that. I knew that I didn't want to work for other people anymore. I just had this thing where I kind of wanted to try working on my own. I knew that. I also kind of knew that at the time, in 2004, there was a lot of dot-coms springing up and a lot of jobs happening where people could, like, if you had a computer and a phone, you could do your job from anywhere. And that was part of the first kind of first time that that was starting to come up after 9-11. After, uh, that was like, boom, you know, uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was a big, yeah. big boom, right? Um, and so those things I knew. I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew I wanted to work for people, with people and make a difference with people. And I knew I wanted to be able to um, do my job from anywhere, like set my own hours. So I started to be, okay, well, I know those things at least. And just kept being like, what I want is on its way. It's going to come. I promise you not a month later, I was coaching a course. And in this course, I had six people that I was responsible for, that I was coaching. And their job was to meet these particular measures. And to be honest, all six people were failing miserably at meeting these specific measures and that was to register people into these into this group's program and that was what they were supposed to be doing well they were failing at that miserably however they were having amazing lives they were getting in new relationships they were getting new jobs they were getting in shape i mean they were like their their personal lives were taking off under my coaching and so i was in this meeting where i was literally getting kind of called on the carpet and reamed because these people were not doing well. And afterwards, someone came up to me and said, you know, Jay, you make a much better life coach than you do a coach for this program. And I looked mm. and I went, life coach? What's a life coach? And they were like, you know, a life coach, somebody coaches on your life. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I didn't even know that existed. And so... I got done with that meeting and I went home and I immediately I ran upstairs. I got, I remember like it's so vividly coming in the house, throwing my backpack down, running upstairs, getting on my computer 
and looking up, I don't know if we Googled at the time because I can't remember if it existed then or not, but I looked up Life Coach. And sure enough, man, all of these life coaching schools started coming up in my computer. And I was like, crap, there's a school for this, right? And as soon as I saw that, I knew immediately what I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a life coach. Then, of course, now what happens when once we get clear about what we want is everything comes starts flooding in of the how are you going to do that, right? And that's when we got to be like, give up the how for right now. Just get clear about what you want. Because we'll baby step it out in step four, but in step three, it's like, just hold on to that, what you want, right? Get clear about what you want. And I got so clear about what I wanted because I was just, I knew immediately. I mean, as soon as I, I was like, that is it. It had everything I wanted. I get to different, make a difference with people. I get to work for myself. I get to do my job from anywhere. That's it. That's totally it. I totally want to do this. So then there was the how to do. It was like, how do I, you know, what school do I go to? How do I find the money to go to school? How do I enroll my wife in this crazy idea that I want to start my own business as a life coach? You know, all that stuff was there to do. But what was important is I had a clarity that was 100% I could see it. And that's what's important is when I talk to people about what you want to do, if you can't see it, I don't believe you can have it. You got to be able to have some sort of vision. Now, I also know that often the vision that you, the vision that we have in our little small brains is smaller than the universe has in mind. So, <laughs> you know, it's like it it usually ends up better than we could have imagined, but having a vision and having a knowing of what we want is the a very very important thing. Getting clear about what you want is very very important and specific as possible. And so the very first thing I say in step three is if you don't know what you want, because a lot of people come to me and especially a lot of women, I believe women are trained out of knowing what they want. Well, I believe human beings are trained out of knowing what they want early on, but especially women are taught all along acquiesce, acquiesce, acquiesce. And so by the time they're full grown 45, 50 year old women, they have no idea what the hell they want. Sometimes some of them can't even figure out what they want for dinner, let alone what they want big in their life. And so the first step is to just give up that you don't know and to stop saying, I don't know what I want. That is so important. And to just start affirming it's on its way and start getting curious and in action around finding anything that inspires you to start to figure out what it might be that you could focus on and start to create. Right. Yeah. Which is like, I think one of those things where people, when I start to say that, and this is where people start to go, Mm, what? Okay. I mean, I think people can get around the idea of, you know, I have to be more positive. I have to, you know, if I, if I'm negative, my life feels negative. Like the more that you focus on things that are bad, the more, you know, like that you just think you just get wrapped up in it. You know, I think we think of it as depression or whatever. Uh, but I think people have this kind of natural, hiccup when it comes to like oh if I think pretty thoughts you know I think that that so really and I think I did too I mean I think we heard the secret and you know we've we've seen you know positive manifestations and affirmations and you know your dream journal and all of these different things throughout um, the history of the self-help movement probably from the very beginning um so when you talk about getting clear and, and, and what you focus on and all of those things, can you explain a little bit more in terms of how that actually 
works? Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about that what you focus on will always expand, which is just a, right. a universal principle that and – and it's just common sense. I mean, it's like everybody knows that. <laughs> when you've got a lot of momentum going and we've always say momentum is thoughts, words, energy, going in one direction, then that's what keeps showing up and, and try it with anything. You know, you can play experiments. It's one of the reasons I love Pam Grout's book is because she has you do those experiments. And, um, you know, it's like anything you focus on, it's going to get bigger. So if you continue to focus on that you don't know what you want and that you are in a state of confusion, that's what you continue to get. And so really it's not rocket surgery. It's pretty simple. It's about just making sure that on purpose you're thinking – that what you want is coming and that you're going to figure it out. Getting determined rather than – it's also a state. If you look at the state of consciousness, look at the state of consciousness of I don't know what I want versus I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> like I'm, you do, right. I mean do you get that? I mean it's a total different yeah. energy. I don't know what I want and I'm yeah. a victim of it means anything I just the, the world just hands me my life by default you know which is where I kind of was you know I just was it didn't occur to me that I was like continuing to affirm that I didn't know what I wanted and so therefore what really I was saying is therefore I don't have to be responsible for I don't have to have any responsibility in taking action when I just don't know what I want right. but if I say what I want is on its way and I'm committed to getting clear about it then it's on me yeah. and the universe will align. I mean, things will start to line up in your whole world. It's a whole different perspective. It's a very different perspective than I'm a victim and I can't do anything because I don't know what I want. And so, you know, like that's a totally different vibe than I'm going to get it figured out. And man, I'm not going to stop until I get figured out what I want. And that's where I was. I was very committed because I had everything else in my life was so amazing that I really wanted a career that I loved. I really knew I could, I believed that I could have a career that I loved and I wasn't doing it currently. And even the field that I studied, which was interpersonal communication studies and organizational communication studies had nothing to do with the job I was doing. And so I wanted a career that was more me. I just did, felt like I didn't know what to do or how to do it. And so giving that up and just starting to say, it's on its way, I'm going to figure it out, and taking ownership of that really is a different place to come from. It's a mind shift in the moment. And then it's also being in the moment to be aware when those things start to come up. Yes. I think that that was yes. a big thing that you taught me was I, I got myself – because I was a big, I don't know what I want, I don't know what I want. And, I, and that was a lot based around fear more than anything because I did know what I wanted. Right. Um, but it was much easier to say, and I also felt like it wasn't as, um, I mean, I think that it goes back to that level that I have of like conceit and selfishness and those type of things that sort of wrap my head, you know, I, that's what sort of led my life a lot, um, was I was, you know, afraid to even say what I wanted because I didn't want anyone to think, oh, well, you're not good enough, you know. Like, how would you think you could even do that? Exactly what you were saying. I was just talking about this with a client yesterday because I'm telling her to – she's somebody who we literally, literally got on the phone with me yesterday talking about how – because she's wanted to leave this job and she has an opportunity, some job openings, people asking her to apply for jobs. And she's already fearing the 10 steps down the road. And she hasn't applied for the job. 
right? <laughs> but, but that's what we do, right? That's what we do as humans yeah. is we get scared about step 10 and we haven't even taken step mm-hmm. one. And sometimes that yeah. fear of step 10 keeps us from taking step one. And, oh, you know, yeah. we get into that world of, you know, my, I tell the story all the time about my first client who we discovered she wanted to be a music therapist. And then she was like, but I'd have, I'd be 55 before I got done with school. And, you know, and I just said to her, you know, you're going to be 55 <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be Might 55. Well be something you love. Might as well do, do something you love. And she was like, absolutely right. She did it. She's a music therapist today. But, you know, we all have that. But also, so it, there's this weird balance of, you know, having your eyeball on what you want for the future and holding that vision, but also being in the moment, just like you just said it back up perfectly, like staying in the moment to notice when the universe is giving you clues about what you might want. Yeah. Because – and and that's what I was trying to tell her, like, you're worried about step 10, so you're not here in the moment. So you can't, if you're not here in the moment, how are you going to know if what if you're getting signs in this moment? You won't know because you're too busy got, stewing and freaking out about, you know, what might happen if you took the job. Right. And then it's also like when you start to... When you start to um, really focus on the things that are happening around you, there's all these things that sort of start popping out to you um, and even just comments that people make, you know, like when I was first thinking about going off on my own, like all of a sudden I started hearing people say, you know, you're really good at this or gosh, you know, I wish I had somebody like you on my team or, you know. Those type of things. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, you know, people have been telling me this for years. I just wasn't listening to it, you know, because I was like, oh, there's no possible way that that's what I could do. Yeah. You are somebody who just like many people I've had the opportunity to work with. This is my favorite place, step or place, because this is when I get to ask the question, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. Because that's my favorite question. If you really get people pre- – most – not most people, a lot of people because <laughs> I couldn't say most, but a lot of people really do know what they want. They're just afraid to say it out loud. They're the only ones that will tell themselves what they want. So when they're in a confidential conversation with me and they know I can't tell anybody else because we've already said this is confidential and I say, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Then it's like, oh, well, then it's to, to some degree it almost occurs like fantasy. Well, then, oh, mm-hmm. of course, well, then I'd go write a book and I'd go do this and I'd go start my own marketing firm and I, you know, whatever. And, uh, exactly. yeah. And, and then, you know, like once I have an inkling of what somebody wants, this is where my master, I mean, I'm very clear. I'm a master. You give me something you're up to, we'll get it done. I, I'm hundred <laughs> percent. I've, I mean, I've, I've, well, un- I mean, you have a hundred percent track record. I have a hundred percent track record. I've never had somebody come to me with something they wanted and we couldn't, didn't get it done. I mean, it's we're and now some of those things are still in progress, right? Sam opens her school next week, probably. Right. So, uh, but you know, there's things in progress, but there's, if you tell me what you want, I guarantee, even if I can see the vision with you, it's done. I mean, it's done. And that's one of the things I love about coaching. I mean, it's my all time favorite thing in the world is to have somebody come to me that's like, I want this, but I can't figure out how to get there. Or somebody comes to me and says, I'm not 100% sure. And then I ask them that question. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And then they're like, Oh, I would do this. And I'm like, Yes, let's do that. 
That'd be fun. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's go for let's it. Fly. And then you suddenly like freeze up and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said if I couldn't fail. And you're like, exactly. Because exactly, you can't. You can't fail <laughs> you can't. if you make your mind around it. You know, and the other thing I think is really cool about this step also is that all of a sudden you start to see things in all of these different areas of your life like that are possible. So when I first started, you know, getting clear about what I wanted and I said, I want to open up my own marketing firm. I mean, that was like this now seeing it was, is a baby step to what I really want to do. You know, like what I, what my next things are going to be. Whereas, you know, when I first said that out loud, it was so fucking huge that like it literally, I, it, I, I couldn't even believe that I had said it out loud. And now it's like, okay, well, this was a baby step yeah. in, you know, where I'm going to go now. Yeah. And so now it's like, once you see it happen and once you open up those doors, really the real dreams that are like so hidden inside of your body that you've like pushed down so far, but also things that you didn't even know that you knew could be possible. Right start to come up. Like there are things that you didn't even know that you, like, I never had dreamed about doing a podcast before, right. you know, but, and I wouldn't have thought about that a year ago. This wouldn't have even been on my radar of possibility, yeah. uh, let alone a successful one, you know? And now it's like, we're going to have a kick-ass podcast and we have hundreds of people downloading us each week. And now we're going to have thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of people and that's the way it's going to go and i yeah. totally see it yeah there's it's very clear right. and that's the fun part um for me this is where it starts to get fun because then you know i mean you always have to keep going back to because then what happens is we get clear about what we want we start getting in action and boy the first thing that'll come in and knock you out is that's going having to that you haven't been paying attention to step two and your integrity goes out and then <laughs> and then you're like fall on your ass and that's fantastic because that's just what you needed to clean up to get the ne- to the next two steps, you know, next two baby steps. Um, but that's where the fun begins, I think, is when people start to get clear about what they want. And then, and I believe you have to ask for it. Um, I really, you know this, I'm constantly on everybody about making requests and everything from ask your neighbor for that cup of sugar you need when you want to make cookies but don't have it to like asking your bosses to work from home on Friday to, you know, ask in the universe, this is what I want. Help me figure it out. Like, I do think that there's a lot of power in asking and which is why the step three is get clear about what you want and ask for it. Because I really think that there's this, this, this give and take of flow in the universe. And part of that universal flow is you making the request, you being a stand for yourself enough to say, this is what I want. I'm going to ask for it. Right. I mean, it's one thing to get clear about what you want and then getting clear about what you want. And then like not asking for it is to me is like, kind of like hiding it under a bushel, like hiding your light under a bushel or whatever. You know, it's like, be bold, like have the balls to ask for what you want. <laughs> like it's so important. This little light that, of mine, yeah, I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> energetically, it's so powerful to ask for what you want, and so um, that's why I love working with people that help them get clear. It's one of my favorite things to have somebody have that aha or the willingness. And I've had that happen so many times. As I've been blessed to have that happen so many times, where I've had somebody kind of, you know. Uh, Another one of my favorite people is, uh, uh, I know she doesn't mind me saying her name, Lori Carson, who was like, I want to go somewhere else. Well, where do you want to go? I'm thinking about this small town called Temecula, California. Well, let's look into it. I mean, 
And then, I mean, when she got clear, the universe lined up, her house sold in a day for a cash offer. I mean, all this stuff, you know, was so fantastic and such a joy to be a part of um, that, you know, like I have all tons of experience with people where we've gotten clear about what just being bold enough to say out loud to somebody else, this is what I want. And then, boy, if you say it to me, <laughs> we're, we're going to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I love it. It's yeah. so much fun for me. That's the, the, the real thrill of my job. Yeah, but I also think that it's important to get clear about that this isn't like, I guess you could, but I mean, it, is, it isn't like I want to, I, I'm asking the universe to give me a million dollars. Right. It's not that. It's not that. And no. I think that there's people, I think that there's a, there's this misconception that can happen in this where it's like, maybe my, my idea is like something that I want right now is I want, I want to move. I want to get a bigger house. I want a basement. Um, I want my, my, my daughter is in her teenage years. And when I was growing up, you know, we had the house where people hung out. And it was because we had a basement. You know, people, my mom could just throw us all downstairs and it didn't interrupt the rest of the family life. And so people were over at our house, you know, and we had all of the people whose families had basements. That's where we hung out because that's where our parents could throw us. They could know we were safe. They were happy that we were there. We could go and hang out and be that, you know, the place to be. And I want to be that. And so that's what I've been focusing on right now. I've been really trying to get clear around how do we get there? Um, how do we how do we make that next step? How do, and so um, now I couldn't say I could say I want the universe to provide me with five hundred thousand dollars so I can go buy a house. Universe, give me five hundred thousand dollars. That's not going to work. Well, I mean, the, it really will. It could work if you were like so clear in your channel and your own prosperity consciousness that you believe that that could happen. I believe that could happen. I just don't think most people have the consciousness to be able to go from, you know, just figuring out what you want to eat tonight to I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I mean, it's just, right. you know, I do believe right. that we're an infinite possibility and there is infiniteness in the universe and that there are people who can manifest a million dollars and they can do it, but they also believe they can and they have already proven themselves, proven to themselves through uh, all the stuff that they've done that they can, can do that. Um, and, I mean, I do think that the universe would hand you a million dollar idea tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing. It's like people get confused about that, oh, I want a, I want a million. <laughs> it's like the... Um, uh, there's an old story that people, uh, preachers tell from the pulpit all the time about the guy who's drowning. Um, do you know that story? It's like a guy, there's a giant flood and this, it's so, so much that the guy is up on the second story of his house. He's a second story window and a boat comes through and, so, and they say, get in the boat. And he's a real faithful guy. So he goes, no, 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 God will save me. Don't worry about it. I'm good. So then he's up on the roof now. He's climbed up on the roof, and another boat comes by, and they say, get in, get in. And he's like, no, 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 God will save me. And then he's up on the antenna, like, hanging on, and a helicopter comes down and drops a ladder and says, grab the ladder. Come on, get in. He's like, no, 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 God will save me. Well, he drowns, and he goes to heaven, and he's at the pearly gates, and he says to St. Peter, uh, you know, what, what's going on? I had so much faith 
that God would save me. And Peter's like, what do you want? We sent you two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, you know, you can say that you want a million dollars and then the universe gives you a million dollar idea and you go, oh, but I can't do that. And then, well, what? come on. <laughs> you know, there, that's the thing is if you can really get in a clear channel and have all these ideas. And for most of us, it usually comes like, you know, I want to own my own business and I'm not even sure what that is yet. I just want to work for myself. And then the next idea is, well, maybe I could do this. And then the next idea is, oh, that looks like, that's more like what's going to happen. And it's, and it's, yeah, letting that happen. And being conscious enough to see those ideas and act and take inspired action. I mean, that's a back to Denise uh, Duffield Thomas's book, uh, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, which we can put in the show notes. Uh, I love, let's get her on the show. She would be awesome. Um, oh, she'd be amazing. You know, all her, 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 she has five steps to manifesting anything you want in your life, and it starts with decluttering and then surrounding yourself with positivity and then taking inspired action. It's like when you have an idea, you've got to act on it. And that's where we baby step it out. That's where we, we take that first baby step, which is our step four, is just taking those tiny baby steps of every time you have an idea, act on it. Do not sit around and expect the universe to, you know, they sent you two boats in a helicopter. You got to move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. You're like, look, get in the fucking get boat. Get in the fucking boat. Uh, exactly right. Well, and there's also, I think, a part here where I think a lot of women particularly. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a male equivalent to this, but I think that women have this level of like, do I deserve this? Um, which I think gets in our way a lot. And I think that it's one of those things that I, I hear a lot from my female friends where it's, it's, they might not come out and say, well, I don't deserve that, but it's, it's cl- cloaked in all of the other things. The, you know, um, well, I carry the health insurance or I don't know, you know, I have, you know, a responsibility for this or whatever. And so it's this level, but really what you're saying to yourself is I don't deserve to have this thing that I've gotten clear about wanting. Well, and even, even, um, that I I do think it, because I, you know, I, I wrote in my notebook the other day, why does it always come back to worthiness? Because I really do think that. God, it just never ends. <laughs> you know, like I just think it constantly ends up with some I'm not worthy conversation. Um, however, there's also that world of you have sometimes you have to have a lot of faith and step out and know that. I mean, you had this situation. I mean, you've you definitely had times when before you jumped off for your business, it didn't look like you thought it was going to look. I mean, you end up manifesting getting downsized. You know, (laughs) basically the universe gave you the boot so that you would have to start your own business. And a lot of times that happens because we want it. We say we want it. We keep saying we want it. We're focused on it. And so the universe is like, okay, well, here you go. (laughs) I'm going to give you this opportunity by shutting down, you know, or having something happen. Um, But it doesn't require that. I mean, we don't have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. It just often looks like that sometimes. And I think that it is scary when you're a financial breadwinner for your family and you've got the insurance and you've got little kids that depend on you, I mean, and that's why I think it's harder for women 
is they often are the ones who have to, are thinking about their family. They're focused on their family and the health of their family is how they define themselves. And who am I and how selfish would I be if I went out on my own and had my family have to struggle? And so it's a real delicate balance, I think, sometimes. And when I'm coaching people around that, we often talk about, I have to get them grounded in, what do you want your kids to see? Do you want your kids to see you suffering, going to a job you hate day in and day out? Is that what you want them to learn? Is it that, that, that that's what life is? Or do you want them to learn that sometimes we're going to eat mac and cheese for, you know, three weeks so I can do what I love? You know what I mean? There's a, and, you know, again, not everybody has the luxury to do this. I want, you know, something I'm very clear about, and we've talked about this a little bit, that I've been an inquiry around my own white privilege. These conversations that we're having are privilege conversations. You know, I say in the, I talk about in the book how I'm expecting that when you're reading my book, that your Maslow's hierarchy of needs are met. Like you've got a roof over your head, you got shoes on your feet, you got food in your mouth, you're taken care of in that way. And so it is these are conversations for privilege. Like we are privileged to be able to have these conversations and be able to because you know we're taken care of. Like uh, that part of our lives is already working. And so then we can think bigger. Um, but it is a, it's a delicate balance sometimes to figure out how do I move toward what I want and at the same time still take responsibility and care for what I've created from my past. And I think Caitlin is a great example of that. We've had her podcast on not long ago. She's a great example of that. She designed, she got clear about what she wanted. She went after it. And then the universe lined up to help her take care of her kid and, you know, have resources that would serve her and pay for it and make sure they ate. And they, you know, times were lean. She definitely went through lean times, but she never gave up on that vision that this is where I'm going and that's going to serve me in the future. It's powerful. And that there, I think that's another very good lesson is that, again, it's not universe, I want a million dollars. And then suddenly like a check appears in your, you know, yeah. which again, it's, it's not, possible. Maybe that could happen <laughs> sometimes. Possible. It's, possible. it's possible. But, but there also is, you know, for the most part, what it is, it's, it's door openings and it's, and it's having that faith that the end of, you know, that there that your needs are going to be met that there's always you know I have this um money manifestation type of affirmations that I listen to and it's not even money necessarily manifestations but it's more like my, my and it's just me re- repeating phrases that I've actually recorded into my cell phone with the voice memo thing so that I can listen to it as I'm driving down the street so I can hear my voice out loud saying some of these things because I needed that because just saying it inside of my head wasn't enough and I and I needed something that sort of kept me clear. So I try to listen to it at least like once a day um, just to remind me. And, and a lot of the, the statements are, I always have enough money. You know, my family's needs are being met. You know, those type of things. Those are always working things out so me. that that gets it. Yeah, it's that gets it out of my head where that fear level of, you know, we talked about this before too, that lack mentality. Yeah. When you come from a place of lack, then it's very difficult to get out of that space. Um, your fists are closed. It is fear-based. You, the money, it's very, you know, you see a penny, pick it up because God damn it, I'm going to make it count. You know, not because you're like, oh, a lucky penny. Um, you know, that lack mentality. And I agree from the, the privileged perspective completely. And I think that that's something that people have some difficulty with because people have, you know, I've heard this before where people say, 
you know, well, that's all fine and dandy, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm barely being able to keep my lights on this month. You know, I can't just say, oh, universe is going to take care of me and go flying off the, the cliff or whatever. And I think that that, you know, so can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I think that that is an interesting statement. And I think that it also, so if you have a person who is in life circumstance that there are things beyond their control, even though we say everything's our in our control. I mean, this is a very interesting conversation. You know, if we say that we're in control of everything and that we can dictate our futures, why is it that there are, are people that we say, no, you know? Well, there's also a collective, there's a, there's a collective consciousness. And then there's, I mean, like systemic racism is, is a collective consciousness that we have been, swimming in forever. I mean, our world is set up for white people. Everything is set up for white people. Everything. I mean, everything is set up for white people. And so if you're not white, then that's yours to deal with. You know, so, I mean, there is stuff that is a collective consciousness, and then there's our own individual consciousness. And this gets a little, like, it can get a little heady, especially having me speak to it because I don't I know enough just to be dangerous but you know the way I look at it is when I'm working with people because I do work with women sometimes who are coming from a women's shelter or coming from you know a, a lack of severe poverty consciousness when I work with them my goal for them is just to get those first five that Maslow's hierarchy of needs get to where that's normal to have all that met for them, that's victory to get to a place where they really get and believe that they're going to always have food to eat and to, to be able to manifest and create that. But the process is the same. It's about decluttering and getting an integrity. I mean, it's about cleaning out your life and, you know, every area, including their own consciousness, you know, but it's also, you know, it's such a, it's a, such an interesting battle in the, uh, the book, the, uh, The Inner Matrix by Joey Klein. It's a very good book. And he talks about, I've talked, I've mentioned this before, but he he believes and he speaks to this way more eloquently than I can. That's why I'm like, don't quote me on any of this. Seriously, because I'm not the guy. Um, I don't want to be, because I might misspeak. But what I get from it is that our, he believes that our cells hold energy and that our cells hold the energy from our ancestors. And he talks about how they've done experiments where they've shocked the feet of little mice when they get near cherry blossoms. And then three generations later, those mice are afraid of cherry blossoms. Wow. Right. So if you extrapolate that into human being, like human beings who have come from, then it makes you understand why generation after generation after generation of people are on welfare. Generation after generation after generation of people are in jail. Generation, I mean, it's almost in your DNA. It's almost like you cannot have a high enough vibration. That low-level vibration of poverty is in your fucking DNA. Like, you know how much work you're going to have to do to extrapolate, you know, get rid of that? I mean, like, that's, that's a lot of work. And then 
consider that you're born into systemic racism and systemic, you know, socioeconomic, you know, setup where you're disadvantaged and then you got that to deal with. And then, you know, a victim mentality. I mean, the whole thing. So that's why it's like, I mean, I don't know exactly where to start with that with people except for what I know works is to start taking 100% responsibility for your life, getting your integrity in, all the things that, the, that we do that work for us just on a real fundamental level, like, you know, being willing to get up and get the house clean and be coming from and to, to try to surround yourself with, with people who want to lift you up and support you. Because that's the other thing is, you know, I learned a lot, when I lived in Maryland I, and I heard this analogy about the crab bucket, like you never have to put a lid on a crab pot because as soon as one crab starts to climb out, the others will pull it down. Yeah. Humans are like that. You know, like if they're down and out, they love company. And so again, it's also part about surround who you, who you surround yourself. You know, the 10 most closest people, you take the 10 most closest people to you and you take their prosperity consciousness and their positivity consciousness. And that's yours basically. So it's important to surround yourself. (laughs) That's kind of a, (laughs) well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, something to think. That's a scary thought. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that does have, I mean, and it's so easy, uh, to get yourself sucked into that kind of feel where, um, it's just like, you know, when you're around somebody who's uber positive and you come away from that and you just feel good and you're just like, you know, let's go do stuff. Let's make stuff happen. And when you're around somebody who's a bummer, like you just walk away from it like, dude, that was a bummer, you know, and it's harder to get out of it. But I think that there's something along that line when you talk about, you know, being in integrity. Um, that's part of this, too. Um And not having the, you know, being very clear with yourself, like, what, who you are, and what you can bring to the table, and instilling that into the people around you. So if you can bring positivity, and if you can bring power, and if you can bring those things to the table, like, it's part of our job as human beings to sort of bring that to the table and like be there for other people. Um, and I think that that's, what's so important about things like the black lives matter movement is that if anything, it's gotta be that moment where we're saying to people where all of us suddenly go, yes, you're right. Yeah. And starting to see it. And even if it's not something that you, because we've never been in it, we've never lived it. It's impossible. How anybody can go, well, that's not true, is just bl- blows my mind, you know? And I just, I'm like, but that's, that's the realities, you know? And that's what it's bringing forward. And it's suddenly starting to check your privilege is such a, a big part of the work that we're doing anyway in, in terms of integrity. It's definitely consciousness work. Yeah. I mean, I was really thinking about that more the other day when I was thinking about, you know, I had a, a, a check my privilege moment and I was like you know what this is the work I mean this is a big part of the work is recognizing where 
I am in the world, you know, recognizing what I have in the world, recognizing what I bring to the table. All of those things are a big part of, you know, that step two part. Um, and then being able to say that is one thing and being able to do something about it is another. Um, and I think that that's where we've got to, that's what step three really also does. Well, and also I think it's, a, I would say that it is mastery. You know, in fact, um, I think the note from the universe just said this recently, that it's, it's, one, it's a master to look for, to be able to hold that vibe in the midst of the chaos like to be able to be your own true north and your own vibration in the midst of other people not vibing that way. And that's, you know, that's part of the balance for me of like how much do I engage in the world? How do I be in the world and not of the world? <laughs> you know, like or how to be, you know, of the world and not in the world. I'm like, you know, I get get I can get wacky talking about that stuff. So, um it's definitely um a worthy inquiry. Um, and again, it's part of, it's a great example for us today around getting clear about what you want, because sometimes you have an overarching idea about what you want, but you have no idea where, how you're going to make that happen. Right. And that's kind of where I am right now. I am very clear that what I want is to make the biggest difference in the world for all people, not just white people. Right. And I have no idea how to, how, the how, I don't know, but I'm asking. And because I'm asking, I'm having people come into my life that probably wouldn't have before. And I'm having opportunities come up available. I just had one yesterday where I may have an opportunity to go into the jail. You know, like I don't know how I'm going to do that. I just know I'm going to be ready to take inspired action when it comes and be ready to take a next baby step when I think it and be willing. And here's the thing that I think is so important to talk about, be willing to fail and step in it and have a little humility and sometimes get knocked in the face and get knocked over and be willing to, you know, pick myself up, dust myself off and keep moving and not take my toys and go home. Because, oh, that's a big, boy, yeah. when you are have something as big as what I'm up to, I'm going to fall on my ass. I guarantee it. <laughs> I'm probably going to step in it. I'm probably going to offend some people along the way. And I don't, I just know that. I mean, it's every time I've ever taken on anything big and wanted to create something huge, I have some work to do. <laughs> I've got some humility, <laughs> humility lessons coming. I've already been through some. I've got some more. And, uh, you know, bring it because that's that's what I love. And that's a good thing to know about. Once you get clear about what you want, doesn't mean, oh, it's all going to be hearts and flowers from here on out. But it's if you can hold on to that vision and not be attached, that's the other thing. Boy, letting go of that attachment to what you want it to look like is big um, because that's giving up the how and even the, even the who. Like um, I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday who is really pretty masterful in this work. And uh, – she does Joey Klein's work and she was talking about how she's so clear about what she wants for a relationship and she's just started dating this guy and she's like, I'm not sure I'm an, I really want to be unattached to that. It's him that I have this, that I manifest this relationship with. I'm right. just holding the vision for this is the relationship I want. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's not. If it's not, it's something better. Yeah. If not this, something better. That's a big statement that you have taught me. Um, that 
I think that is another part of this, yeah, this, this step is even if, you know, if what I want is on its way and once, once maybe you stumble upon something, like I remember I stumbled upon a couple of different jobs that sounded perfect, you know, like it was exactly what, this is what I want to do with my life. And then I didn't even get an interview, yes. you know, and it was like, what am I doing yeah, wrong? Like, what do you, at the what, time that then that meant the universe didn't want you to have it, you would have stopped. And that's what I want people to get. There are oftentimes things that come, and it's almost, I don't know what it is. I wish I had the answers. I wish I knew that it was, what do we call it? We call it a test. Do we call it, you know, um, Florence Goble Shin says that when uh, Noah was on the ark and started to see uh, leaves and branches, that was evidence of land coming, but land wasn't there yet. You know, it's like sometimes that happens where you start to, you'll have a job offer you and that you, tr- you, you think this is it. This is, this is the one. And then you don't even get an interview or, or you, you know, in the case of this client I was talking to yesterday, she's thinking about a different job and, but all these, and then all of a sudden has these things come available. These, these jobs come available that seem like that might be what she wants, but it's not where she wants to live. So is it really what you want? And that we talked about that with Sam when, when Sam, uh, it, it, this probably will, I don't know if this will air after the Sam interview or not, but either way, in that interview, we talked about the fact that, you know, she needed a house for her day, for her school, and she found this house, but it wasn't in East Lawrence. And I was going, are you crazy? Take the house. Take the Take house. Take the damn house. Take the damn house. Yeah. Who's going to offer you a house where you can have 11 children in it plus chickens? Are you crazy? I mean rental we're talking about right yes yeah she was steadfast enough in her desire and in her commitment that she did not take that house and then like two days later the right and perfect house opened up right and so you know there's this world of like being able to get clear about what you want but then also being willing to dance with the how is it going to happen and don't be attached to you know the first thing that shows up may not may not be the answer it might in fact it might be the universe teasing you or dangling something from the past maybe it's something from your past you're creating who knows but point is or that little piece that you're still holding on to you know like those jobs were crutches they weren't really what i wanted to do it was still working for somebody else you know yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah so it was like okay here i'm going to dangle this in front of you of what you think that you want but then it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna let you keep going on that path because I would have, because of all of those fears, that fear leading me, I would have probably gotten that interview, aced it, got the job, and taken it, and then been miserable in six months. Um, you know, because that's what I sort of, yeah. And then here I would be again. And so the universe was like, hey, you know, you think you want this, and I was so disappointed when I didn't get it. But then it was like, wait okay, no, I'm not, you know, thank you for not giving me the interview people. So those are those things of gratitude as well, where it's sort of mixing gratitude back into this is once you get clear about what you want, being grateful for the path that you're on to get you. And that's what I mean too about being willing to fall on your face. I mean, it's like if you're willing to fall on your face, you're going to win. I mean, you're going to keep, just keep at it. Just you got to get back on the horse. Every time you get bucked off, get back on the horse. Perfect. All right. Well, we're here right at an hour, so we have step three. Um, so this week for folks here, remember, um, 
to join us in doing the work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. It's our private Facebook group. Um, you can go there and there's a commit thread if you are finishing step one. Um, you know, there's a telling us about the happiness and productivity re- workout results. And then this week, with getting clear about what you want, um, let us know what you want. You know, if you, maybe, or ask some questions, or, you know, just put something out to the universe. Maybe it's something small. Something, you know, maybe it's nothing, you know, gigantic this time, but just something little. Well, most importantly, if you don't know what you want, stop saying that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say what I want is on its way. Yeah. And I'm going to figure it and out. Something like that. You're going to figure it out. What's the what's the, the full thing? It's with grace and in a perfect way. Oh, that's from Florence Goloshan. Yes. That's when I'm facing something that I'm scared of and I don't know what to do. I just say that what the right and perfect thing will happen with grace in a perfect way. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But if you are you know, want to create something and you're not sure what you want, like you want a new job but you're not sure what it is, just give up that you don't know and trust that you do know. It's deep inside you and you might be afraid to say it out loud, but if you'll tell us about it, we'll hold the vision. Tell me about it. I'll hold, I'll speak the word. We'll hold the vision. It'll it'll start to stuff will start to loosen up. Hundred percent track record there, there you guys. Go. So you know, put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, we will continue on our path with step four. When I get back, I'll tell you all about my class reunion. Oh, yes. I am so excited to hear all the details about that one, too. And and remember, doing the work, uh, if you go to jayandbecca.com is where you're going to find the show notes. I had somebody ask me that the other day, like, oh, where are these show notes that you keep talking about? Uh, go to jayandbecca.com, click on the episodes, and then you can go into that episode. And there's a list of all the different things that are mentioned in the episode. And there'll be um, a lot of them have just direct links to um, websites or the books or whatever it is that we're talking about. So go to jayandbecca.com to get the show notes and Jay and Becca on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Good luck at your reunion. Thank Have you. a blast. I can't wait to hear Great all about to be with it. You. Talk to you later. Alright, talk to you soon. Alright, well thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you. You can reach us at our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash jayandbecca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye, Thanks for joining Jay. us.